Welcome to the Create from the Source podcast. I'm Katja Maria Slotte, and this is the show to help you align with your source so you can have a creative life and business that's authentic and thriving. This show is made for artists and creative, multi passionate souls, musicians, singers, actors, songwriters, writers, dancers creative entrepreneurs and teachers of the creative and performing arts. So if you're a creative and you're done listening to your inner critic, to the starving artist narratives of the collective and to what other people think an artist can or cannot do, and you want to find your own authentic voice in your art and in your artist's life, You want to get into flow and get your creative projects moving steadily forward toward your exciting vision and uplift your vibration to create miracles in your life, then you are in the right place. Welcome to the first episode of Create from the Source. I am so happy you're here. In this intro episode, I'll tell you all about what this podcast is about, who I am, why I decided to start this show and what I think this podcast will bring to your life. I'm Katja, if we haven't met before, and just as my podcast introduction told you about creative multi-passionate I'm probably the archetype of a creative multi-passionate. I wear a lot of hats and have a lot of titles. And the ones I go by most of the time at this point in my life are an artist coach, voice teacher and vocal coach, singer and musician. And this podcast is all about helping you develop your unique voice as an artist and to listen to and follow your inner voice to build an aligned artist life and business. And this has got to do a lot with the things that we'll cover in this podcast too. It's all about getting clear on your values and on the things that really matter to you. It's about shifting mindset and beliefs and patterns that hold you back and limit you. And also moving through resistance when it comes to your creative work. It's got to do with a lot of practical things like planning and making a strategy and how do you arrange your life so that it supports you and your creative work? What are your boundaries and how can you make sure that you stick to habits that are helpful and supportive and change those that aren't helpful and supportive to your overall big vision. It's about managing your energy and cleaning it and uplifting it so that you can vibrate higher and attract into your life the right people, the right experiences, the right circumstances, the right help that you need in order to do your most authentic and aligned work as an artist. And of course, it has to do with artistry too, figuring out what is unique and special about you, what's your own voice and what is your artist identity. How can you highlight and emphasize what's unique about you? 
And it's about learning to relate to your craft and to your instrument with curiosity, openness, patience, appreciation, and trust, rather than from a place of fear and judgment and impatience or criticism. And if you are a singer, then your instrument is, of course, the voice. And developing your own unique voice and artistry as a singer has got to do with so much more than just vocal technique. And this aligned artistry and this aligned artist life and creating, creating from the source has also got to do with taking care of the person behind the artist and cultivating a spiritual practice for your life. Because in essence, you are an energetic and spiritual being. And if we forget that part and just focus on the tangible or intellectual or logical part and these external goals that you set, and if we just focus on those and focus on techniques and skills, then that is one sure way of getting out of alignment. And I know that for years and years and years, our society has made sort of like a division between the spiritual life and the material life, what we think is the real life. <laughs> and even our institutes, when it comes to creative arts and performing arts, have made this division in when it comes to teaching and preparing artists for their artist's life, we tend to focus on teaching skill, teaching craft, teaching all those sort of like the worldly tools. But it's really time we shift that now. And it's time that we start seeing the artist as a holistic being, a being of energy and spirit and body and mind and not just body mind. And creating from the source has got all to do with approaching your creativity from this holistic point of view and from working with and on your artist life and business from this holistic point of view that includes both the worldly, like all these worldly strategies and tools and techniques and you know, all the planning, all that intellectual and all the tangible things and also the intangible things, the energy and the energy work and the spirit and the spiritual practices. So these are some of the things that I help other artists like you with and these are also the things that I had to learn. And sometimes I had to learn them the hard way. And now I want to share a story about why I started Create From The Source, this podcast, where this idea stemmed from and how everything in my own artist life and in my work as a coach got anchored in the source and why that is important. And this story is actually not just my story. This story is about 
following your joy and your passions and your enthusiasm and then also getting lost in following the voices of your inner critic and the collective consciousness and all of those limiting stories and beliefs that we learn and subconsciously pick up during our lives and these are the voices that take you on that hamster wheel of people pleasing and perfectionism and self-doubt and this can really mess things up for you although things might look kind of good on the outside and it's a story about finding your own artist identity and trying out all kinds of identities and different paths until you find the path that is yours. So that's my story and that is what happened to me. I know all about how to get out of alignment and how to get back into alignment. And that's also the reason to why I'm here in the first place talking to you on this podcast, because around 10 years ago, I had gotten so out of alignment in my own artist life that I found myself in a really bad place, having lost all my joy for creating all my purpose and all my energy. I was completely burnt out. I was totally ready to give up on my vision, to even stop making music. I was actually convinced that there was no ideas left in me, that there was no energy left in me to pursue this dream anymore. And at that point, when I could say I was at my lowest point, I made a promise. And I promised to myself that when I have figured out how to get out of that mess and back into alignment and create an artist life that was thriving and felt on purpose and felt joyful and expansive. I promised that when I had gotten myself out of that bad place and start figuring this out, I would start sharing what I had learned with other artists. So that's actually the why behind this podcast. But now let's go back in time and I'll tell you about what happened before I got out of alignment and how I found back because there's some really good takeaways here that I want to share with you. All right, let's go back in time. I'm originally from Finland and in my younger years, music and making and creating was a very natural part of my life. I rolled into music studies, not even thinking about what it could look like to work as a professional artist. I guess studying at the music university was something like a natural byproduct or continuation of having gone to piano lessons and choir lessons and music theory lessons and you name it. Um, so it wasn't really a kind of like a conscious career decision. It was more a decision based in following my enthusiasm, which is a good thing, of course. But 
it also turned out to be like it turns out to be for so many music students or performing arts students, quite a tricky thing to transition to professional working life and not really having any kind of preparation on the mindset aspect of things, on the practical aspects, the business aspects of being an artist and music teacher. I was trained in the skill and the craft and the pedagogy, of course. So as you will find out later on in this story, not having had any type of coaching around mindset and how to set helpful habits around your creative life and how to deal with self-doubts and how to you know, set boundaries for your time and for your energy and all that business part around money and pricing, not having had any type of coaching or training around those things in those early years turned out to be quite problematic later on down the line. But this doesn't mean everything about those early years was just bad. Not at all. I loved studying music and I loved being in music university. And while I was studying, I actually already had rolled into teaching as well. I taught piano lessons and music theory and early childhood music classes. And I also got my first singing students. One of my own voice teachers referred some actors and dancers to me. They were preparing for a production of the musical Hair, you know, let the sun shine. You probably know all these hair songs. And I told my teacher, I don't know if I'm ready to teach them. And my teacher said, yes, you are. And that's how my voice teaching journey started. And this is just one of the many examples of many times that a teacher or mentor saw something in me that I didn't yet see and presented me with an opportunity to grow into that next version of myself. And further down the line, I would have people who presented me with opportunities opportunities to grow as a maker and performer as well. And without these people, I might not have done these things. Because although I loved music and singing, I actually never was that person who is like this stage animal when it comes to singing. My first instrument was the piano. And I would feel comfortable singing behind the piano being part of the whole. But I would feel extremely uncomfortable in the role of this leading lady. And also along the path of my performance career, I'd have several moments when this experience of performing felt really icky. And later on, as I've learned more about energy, I've realized that the reason I was feeling like that was not just inner critic voices and stuff like that, but also partly because I'm an energetic sponge. And I, at that time in my life, lacked the tools to manage and clean my energy. 
But now I want to get back to these mentors that I was talking about, because having these teachers and mentors who believed in me, not only during my music university studies, but also later on in life was one of the things that I've been most grateful for because without their support and their sort of like pushing me into doing the things that they saw I was ready for, I might not have felt ready to do them and my perfectionism might have taken over like it so often did when I did not have a mentor by my side. So that's my first takeaway for you before we even continue with this story, because I want you to understand the importance of surrounding yourself with coaches and mentors and teachers who can train you, but also encourage you, who see in you the things that you're ready for and who can hold that space for you to grow and give you challenges to actually step into that future version of yourself. Because so often, so often we are held back by perfectionism and by all kinds of fears and thoughts of, yeah, maybe I'm not enough and maybe I can't make it and maybe I don't have what it takes. But with the right people on your side, you can achieve so much and you can pursue your vision with much more ease. All right, so that was already takeaway number one. Now let's continue on with the story. Now, in the year 2000, that sounds very long time ago, that's 23 years ago, I packed my bags and I left Finland. I went to the Netherlands and originally I went there to study. So I studied jazz and world music and then as life goes, I fell in love and I ended up staying in the Netherlands for more than 20 years. And it was also during my years in the Netherlands where I felt really called to deepen my understanding of the voice and my work as a voice teacher and vocal coach. So as I was working as a music teacher and early childhood music specialist at that time, I was also singing and the singing voice was really fascinating me and partly it had to do with me feeling I could not do everything I wished I could do with my voice. So I had gaps in my knowledge and I really wanted to figure out also how to help the singers that I was working with even better because I couldn't understand voices that were different from my own voice. And I ended up following my enthusiasm again and my curiosity and studied vocal techniques and pedagogy and methodologies for years. And I think I'll dedicate a whole podcast episode in the future on that voice teacher journey, because that has been also a very interesting journey into finding your own voice as a teacher. 
But now back to that story. So alongside all of those studies in vocal techniques, I also did many music projects. I played with all kinds of bands and projects with Brazilian music and jazz. And I entertained as a singer pianist on fancy dinner parties and events. I played with tango projects and string quartets and I toured at some point with a self-produced theater concert in Dutch theaters. There was a lot of different projects going on. I had a very eclectic taste of music and I was interested in so many things and I was not that singer who managed to develop their own artistic identity fully during music university. I remember one of my jazz teachers even telling me, I don't know what to do with you. You keep bringing these strange songs to your lessons because I wanted to sing jazz standards and Nordic folk music and songs by my favorite songwriters and musical theater and you name it. So I did not really fit the box of one particular study. And I didn't really know back then how all of these different music styles and interests ever would get together. And I used to feel really miserable about it because I was comparing myself to all these singers who were like specializing in one thing. And I'm telling this story because I want you to understand that developing your own artistic identity might not be a linear path. Like my path was totally all but linear. But in the end, I could figure out how to combine different aspects of all these styles that I've been studying. And also I figured out that the fact that I knew so many different music styles was actually my specialty in the end. And that led me to projects in places like modern dance and music theater and places where actually people were looking for someone who knew more than one style. So my takeaway for you from all of that is to develop your special sauce. And really, how does one make a sauce? You make a sauce by mixing ingredients. And that that is how you develop your own artistic style too. So doing all these different projects was of course very wonderful in many ways, but it did come with many downsides too. And I want to tell you a little bit about that. Because partly all these multiple projects and teaching jobs, I didn't even mention the teaching jobs I was doing at the same time with all these projects going on. So at some point, I had three teaching jobs, two choirs, while teaching private singing lessons and giving choir workshops and touring with my theater concert. So Many of these things were not just coming to me because I was enthusiastic, but I was also sort of like trapped in this lifestyle that so many of us creatives and artists and freelancers are in with very unsustainable working conditions and circumstances. So it might have looked very cool on paper to do a lot of those projects. But the truth was, 
there was not much coming in on my bank account. And so in order to be able to pay my bills, I would take on different teaching jobs. And while I loved teaching, but teaching so much and so many hours, while at the same time doing all these different projects and having irregular working hours where I would like come home from a gig very late in the evening and then have to get up early again to do a full teaching day. It was just energetically very challenging and draining and it was totally out of balance when it comes to the balance between the energy and the effort and all that hard work that you put in and all these years of having studied and investing tons of money and energy and time in special knowledge and training and then still just barely making it financially. We're talking about just really the basic costs were covered, not even like saving up for a pension or saving up for a rainy day or like being insured for sickness if you're long-term sick and you can't work for a long time. So all these kind of very basic needs that a person has, we're not talking luxury like luxurious cars or whatever. We're talking about basic needs all those basic needs were really, really challenging to meet in this type of working circumstances that I was finding myself in. And this is what I hear from so many of the artists that I coach. So many artists are stuck in exactly that same place where I was stuck in working so hard, being completely drained and burned out and really having so little over at the end of the day. And so this is a very, very important conversation that we need to have. And we will have these conversations in this podcast about sustainable working conditions, about fair pay, about pricing, about money mindset, because the thing is, when this happens to you, you can't just put the blame on the outside. Like I was in that mentality for so long. I was in this victim mentality and I was playing that same record in my head that I heard so many other artists play. You know, every time we would get together, we would talk about how difficult times are, how badly paid the gigs are. So I was in that mindset for years. I saw myself as this victim and I saw myself as, you know, incapable of changing the situation because I was an artist. And I thought as an artist, things are going to go like that. I thought artists are supposed to have challenging financial lives because that was what we were talking about. That was what I was seeing around me. And 
it was very difficult to hold a vision for something else. Like I had this feeling there must be something else. There must be another way to do this. But even talking about a vision that was different than the reality I found myself in was kind of difficult to do because so often it was met with cynical comments or, you know, these kind of like jokes that made you just feel like, okay, why didn't, why did I even bother to share my dream with you and my vision and this you know, feeling that I had that there's got to be something better than this. There's got to be a different way. There's got to be a way for an artist to do the work that you do and have a sustainable life and a thriving life. So already back then, although I was in the middle of this drain and overwhelm and in the middle of this horrible hamster wheel, I started feeling that there was something that I wanted that was different. And before we move on any longer in this story, I want to share my next takeaway with you. And that is about the importance of mindset and not just your own mindset, but the mindset and the beliefs of the people that you hang out with and surround yourself with. If you want to change anything, and I really literally mean anything in your life, in your artist life, in your life in general, you got to make sure to surround yourself with people who have mindset and beliefs that are helpful and supportive. And likewise, you want to watch out what you send out into the world. So when people are complaining or seeing things from a negative perspective or seeing despair or thinking there's not enough for everybody or, you know, this is how it always is and has been for artists and you can't change this or this is how it's done like ideas about what being a singing teacher or a music teacher should look like like for example teaching only one-on-one lessons or ideas around pricing or having neck-to-neck teaching days of up to 12 hours in a music school or institute which is crazy but we keep up with so many unsustainable situations and conditions because we hold on to these collective beliefs of how it is and how it should be done and what can't or can't be changed. So when you hear people talk like this, watch out with how you respond. Do you agree? Do you commiserate with them and complain together with them or do you chime in with another perspective are you talking possibility are you talking hope are you talking another vision are you talking from a place of thoughts of abundance instead of scarcity So really watch out with what you are sending out as well, because the only way we can change the collective consciousness is by changing our own consciousness. Now back to my story, because speaking about changing consciousness and changing beliefs and mindset, 
Boy, did I have to change some. I was so wrapped up in this starving artist mentality that I continued in this cycle of drain and, you know, feeling burnt out and not really feeling, you know, able to step out of it for years. And I also found it very difficult to know if my burnout was even real because everywhere I looked around me, I saw other artists who were also telling me that they were tired and drained and overworked. So it was sort of like the reality in which I found myself. And later on, I've been thinking about how this probably has to do also with how we are trained and what kind of an example we get during those years that we train for our profession. And we so often get this mentality of like, no matter what happens, you need to do the gig or we are afraid of taking a break because we are afraid of, you know, losing fans or losing job possibilities. And those financial aspects that I mentioned earlier on might be playing a part in why we find it so hard to actually, you know, take breaks. And we all know that nobody can just stay in a cycle of drain and it's not good for your creativity as well. Like you can't create from a place of being constantly drained. But that's what I was doing for years. And at a certain point, my body just couldn't take it and I got very sick. And my worst nightmare, of course, as an artist who did not have, you know, this backup for in case I had to be sick for a longer period, that worst case scenario came true. So I had to go on a very long sick leave because I had such a bad burnout. So what does an artist do? who needs to take a long sick leave and doesn't really have the financial means to even make that happen. Well, here's what I did. I signed up as a volunteer at a yoga school on the Canary Islands because at that point, I really did not know what I would do with my life. And I had zero creative ideas. And the thought of just cleaning and doing groceries and cooking lunches felt perfect to me. So that's what I did. And in my free hours, I would take walks and visit gorgeous nature and these cute little canary towns and sit in the cathedrals. And it sounds super romantic when I'm talking about it now, but if you want to have like a movie scene in your mind, it would more be that scene when the girl goes to, you know, some remote island and just cries and feels horrible. And, you know, so there was like this gorgeous location. And I, in my mind, was just so lost and so empty and so out of alignment. And the only thing I could do for the first two weeks was just cry. And then 
when all the tears were out of my system, the next thing that I did was I started listening. And it was so confronting because all these limiting beliefs and thoughts, they sort of like surfaced big time. And then after a while, after some weeks had passed, I started hearing a different voice, a voice that was familiar, a voice that I had heard before and tried to ignore. And that was the voice of my own source, the voice of my inner guidance. And from that moment on, I started listening to that voice and I found back on my spiritual path. And that was just the beginning of a, what I like to call a long healing process on all levels. And it was like a long journey back home, back home to my own voice, back home to my own values, to my own energy, to my own creativity. And I found out all of those things, they had gotten out of alignment or they were totally drained because of having spent so many years being on that hamster wheel and listening to opinions of others and, you know, not being able to do things according to what was good for my creative energy, but perhaps what was good for somebody else's way of doing things. So it became a long journey back home, back to the source. And during that time, I also consciously decided that I would start working toward that vision that I had sensed some years before, right? That feeling of there's got to be a different way. There's got to be a way that is more aligned, more sustainable, and really find out and figure out how that would actually work out. So I set out on a quest in the years that followed. I set out on a quest to create this vision and create order out of this chaos. And I worked really consciously on shifting these limiting mindset and beliefs that had been holding me back and causing so much misery in my life. I also realized I needed to strengthen my skills as the CEO of my artist life and business so that I could build systems that would free up my time and my mental bandwidth so that I could create the circumstances to work and thrive. So as soon as I had some money saved up again, I started investing very consciously in business training. I really shifted my own mindset from freelance mentality to seeing myself as a business and a business owner. And all of this started to make such a big difference for me. It was like all those missing bits and pieces that I had not learned during my music university years. All the mindset pieces, 
all that business advice and strategy. And thanks to that, I could start making different decisions, different aligned decisions and conscious decisions about where I wanted my own artist life and artist business to be headed towards and really build on that vision. And as a part of that vision, I started teaching online and creating online programs. And that really opened up so many new possibilities for both myself and my students and coaching clients. I also got back my creative energy again and I could start making music again and find back that joy that I had once long time ago before I got on the hamster wheel. I found back to that joy again and to rediscovering why I actually was making music and singing in the first place. And all of that has led me on this amazingly exciting journey because aligning with your source and really starting to listen to your inner voice, your inner guidance and actually doing what it tells you to do, that is not for the faint hearted. And what I mean with this is it really does require you to not only have faith, but also to actively make changes in your life and your habits and your mindset and the way you do things. And this can be challenging and scary. Your inner guidance always knows what's best for you and the universe or the source will keep you safe. But that path, that path of your inner voice might not be what you have figured out in your mind and what you thought it would be like, how you thought it would play out like. And it most likely will also not look like what other people are doing or how we're taught it should look like. So following that inner guidance and getting into alignment with your source will require you to make changes. And that can cause a lot of resistance in the beginning. But once you get in touch with that alignment... You can't do things anymore that are out of alignment. And that led me to end a lot of projects and even walk away from a job that was once my dream job and a job that people thought I was crazy I walked away from. But there's a universal law that says we need to create a vacuum in order for the thing that we want to manifest into our lives to come in. So you can't hold on to all kinds of stuff if you want to bring in new things into your life. And likewise, if you want to have an artist life that really is aligned, then once you get started with alignment, you will notice that Things have got to go. All those things that feel out of alignment, they just got to go and make space for the thing that is even better. 
So this is creating from the source. Here in this show, we will explore this sometimes messy journey of creating and what you need to know in order to get off that hamster wheel of hustle and drain and instead create this life that is authentic and thriving and joyful. And I want this show to help you with that and give you not only inspiration, but also some real life strategy and tips from the coaching room. I'll share my real life stories from my own experiences and we're going to talk to other artists that have carved their successful authentic path and to other coaches and teachers who help creatives like you. And I want to hear from you and about the vision you hold for your creative work, for your artist's life and business. So what are the obstacles that are getting in your way and what are some resources or answers that you feel like you need in order to make your vision come true, to live that most aligned, abundant artist life that you can imagine doing what you love? And what are people that you would like to hear from? Who would you invite around your dinner table and have inspiring conversations with? And whose brain would you love to pick? I'm so excited to be bringing this show to you and to go on this journey together. And if you have creative friends, artist colleagues who you think would benefit from this show too, please let them know about this show and be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks so much for listening and I'll be back next week with another episode of Create from the Source. 